You're listening to Optimize et al. A technology podcast powered by Naviate. Okay, it takes us on to our last theme of the podcast then, Craig, where we're going to be talking about um, your role as a lecturer at university and how basically the industry, you've spoken about it from a professional perspective, but now we'll be looking at it from from a student's perspective. You know, do they, do they have that ambition to get into where we are at the moment and move things forward? Or do you think that students at the moment in their built environment are lacking that ambition? Well, definitely not lacking ambition, that's for sure. Um, but just to clarify, basically, I tutor uh, and give lectures. I could, yes, you would say I'm a lecturer. I almost feel like an intruder yeah, when I say that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I give... We'll give you the title. I, <laughs> uh, I mostly use, uh, do it to help, um, help them use Revit um, as part of their portfolio of skill sets, you know, uh, a lot with interior designers and so on. But I think the, the 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 hunger for it, I think, is, well, firstly, the mindset of students is just so different from your general professional. Um, when you're talking about exuberance and just like ultimate excitement about something, the students have that by far. Um, wow. But when you've also got the other way where you've kind of got this um, very scared, but ultimately uh, scared of something is uh, the students also have, they're like terrified of uh, new things that they don't understand. Whereas the industry are also, but you know, they've, they've got a business already. They've got that behind them. A student doesn't have, doesn't have that. So, um, but what I've seen is, the earlier you introduce the mindset of technology, and I think that's where my focus is, um, the easier it is for them to use it to the point where it's not about what tool they're using, it's about how they think about the tools, yeah. um, which is important. Um, and a lot of the time, the adoption comes late. Initially, they get taught in my in my aspect, you know, I came from a traditional architecture um, university where you get taught concepts of design and so on. And later on, you start using technology in order to achieve that. Um, and I feel that that needs to change because a lot of that mindset is still there. You need people to, you need students to think as using technology as um, a part of them rather than this thing that they're going to think about later down the line. When you yeah. use technology as part of your thinking, you think differently. And I think you think more, you, you're, you increase the limits of your imagination. But do you think that limits the imagination though? Because they are essentially being controlled by the computer. They are not being controlled by their own kind of thoughts and and innovative ideas that they might have now it's the software telling them what they can or cannot do well i think it's that's a good point side to that yeah no sure and i think that that's where um it needs to be given in a way that doesn't uh, so let, let's say example you've got a tool say we instance we got Revit Revit's got it certain it's developing all the time getting better and better but it isn't the ultimate end it can't do everything it can't predict the future 
But what it can do is start helping you think deeper about what you're doing. Um, and so whatever technology you're using that is complex, it gives you a thought pattern that can give you look at things differently. And that's the thing for me is look at it differently rather than if, if you don't have a framework of how to think, you might be thinking quite a fa fairy tale thinking is great for imagination, but yeah. it can be limiting in terms of making you an outlier. And I think that sort of combination is, is both. I kind of also look at things like if I look at what's, what's one of the trends that came up and uh, in this context is different, but it's that saying, learn to code yeah. um, where you learn to code. Isn't going like, Oh, do you know Python? No, learn to code. Uh, to me is, do you know how to think differently? Do you know how to think laterally? Do you know how to think analytically? Do you, can you use that with your imagination mm -hmm. rather than have your imagination and later on we're going to start thinking about analytics? Yeah. No, let's yeah. merge them together and we can get even a greater, bigger goal coming out of that. So, yeah. Yeah. How, do, how do you then as, as a mentor, when you're listening to these students and you're realizing what, it, you know, what, what great enthusiasm they have, but then you, you know the other side of it, you know the professional side and, and almost like the quieting downside of, of how a person would be mm. once they get into, into employment. How would you then as a mentor kind of start to build on, on their experiences and their, their almost like persona to, to help them and drive them to become the entrepreneurs of, of you know, of the future or, or to, to kind of ready them for the professional environment? How do you do that? Well, I think the biggest thing for me when I, when I look on the mentor side of things is confidence, is building confidence. Uh, when it comes to knowledge and that t type of thing, I think you can give practical advice um, and that comes down to the individual a lot more. Um, but when it comes to confidence, it's not as easy as just just become confident. I think you you need to look at individuals, and I think this is partly what being a good mentor is about, is understanding the individual and not pushing your own um, let's say method or agenda of what motivates you onto that person. It's understanding them as an individual. Um, and that's the motivator. So if I had to say what it is, I would have to look at that individual and tell you. And I think that's the important part is understand them. Once you understand them to some sort of level and understand their motivators, you can then start motivating them, right? Not what motivates you, what motivates them. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's really key. Um, yeah, I wish our mentors um, <laughs> would look at it from that way. Maybe they do. I don't know. It's, uh, I've, I've, never, I've never thought of it that way. You have to see what motivates them. And then that will give them the drive to, to kind of move forward. Amazing. That's a really good leader's perspective, I think, on, on the way things work. Okay, so... We, we talk about, you know, listening, we talk about mentorship, we talked about, uh, uh, you, you know, the trends in industry. The other biggest kind of uh, 
and we've even kind of touched a bit on sustainability. The other biggest kind of um, trend or a word that's out there at the moment is diversity within the built environment. What are your thoughts on where we are at the moment with diversity? Well, um, let me sort of say more about on the um, the building industry side, like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's one of the oldest industries out there. It's uh, one of the most traditional. And if you look at their technology curve, it's on the lowest side, right? So shockingly. And I think, <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> yeah. um, and I would say at the same time that they are not leaders when it comes to diversity um, and inclusion. I think it is improving massively all the time, but it's not fast enough. Um, and I would say that it's, there's still a lot of old mindsets. I think people are scared, um, and it shouldn't be scary. It should be exciting. And, um, that's, that's the part where I, I would love to influence more. I try and influence as I can, but it's, it's where everybody plays their part, whether, uh, and this is something else in the industry too, where they're going, well, we doing it right no it's not about what you're doing it's about what everybody's doing and um it's about making your voice heard and so on but uh diversity is one of those things where it's such a big topic and it should be looked as part of every organization every company's um thing of education of of review of looking at it are we doing enough there's never enough but uh you can always be doing more and um that's kind of where where i feel the industry is is they got to get past being scared about it and and talk practically about don't don't be don't look at ignorance as a way not to talk about it because yeah. that just leads to more ignorance. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's kind of it. But, um, but do you think yeah. that, you know, with, with diversity, do you think that this topic should be raised from when we was in school, from when we were college, university, before it gets into the working environment, do you think? I think so, for sure. Um, you know, there's there's areas where there's traditional trends of of diversity in certain industries so for instance let's say um i work with interior design side a lot in the student side uh, which has been very traditionally based on the female uh female dominant um and i feel that it's it's looking at firstly that's that's leading Oh, how do I put this in a in a in a uh, the most practical sort of way is going like in that environment is it is it ready to be dealt with a also traditionally male dominant male dominant building industry because yeah. it's essentially uh, interior design is part of the larger building industry Absolutely. and I don't think it is and I don't think it's uh, it has been done and I think that will be a shock to anybody coming out of that system uh that their education system into this world of um bias essentially 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So thank you very much, Craig. We've spoken about success. We've spoken about management. We've spoken about success management um, and client success management. And we've spoken about the BIM and information management uh parts and segments of the industry and how technology has been a driving factor and how we are moving on from conversations that we was having five or ten years ago even. We've also spoken about universities and teaching and mentoring and what you do, um, which I think is great, you know, in terms of what we need more people like you, Craig. You know, we we need that drive. We need someone who who will listen to uh, to see listen to individuals and see their motivators and get them kind of moving forward and what makes them excited and and you do the same with organizations which is absolutely incredible so thank you very much craig for joining me on this podcast we've had a few really interesting themes and uh looking forward to maybe seeing you on another podcast yeah great thank you but i enjoyed it and um yes uh, i'd be more than happy to join you for some more thank you very much Uh, do you have a final comment for any of our listeners today to keep driven within the industry? (laughs) Well, I think uh, I'm always excited about where things are going. And I think what what you should do is keep educating yourself. That drives excitement in for myself. Hopefully that helps drive it for a lot of people. Uh, But look at what your motivators are and try and add value in those areas and keep your motivation going. So that's it. Brilliant. Start from within. And that's how we're going to end this podcast today. (laughs) Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And take care. See you on the next podcast. (laughs) 